Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast, the show where we bring you the best clips from our Red Men Plus content from the last week or so. And if you want these shows in full, redmenplus.com is the place to be. There's a special offer right now, a Black Friday deal. If you sign up as a yearly captain subscriber, if you use the promo code REDS, R-E-D-S, when you sign up, you'll get a massive 50% off. So you'll get an entire year's worth of content for half price. This Black Friday deal only runs very, 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 very short run time on this one. So if you want to get involved, get involved now. Use that code REDS if you join up as a yearly captain and yeah, 50% off an entire year's worth of Liverpool content as we touch wood. Win the league title. Your Europa League, a couple of cups, loads and loads of brilliant features, some special stuff coming out over the Christmas period. Go and get yourselves involved. And of course, listen to these shows that I'm about to bring you clips from. The first of which is the Biased Football Podcast. Yes, we don't often talk about other clubs on this show, uh, on this channel, rather, once so week we do it. The Biased Football Podcast. It gives us a chance to delve into other topics. This week, you've got Chris, Chloe, and Dan having a chat about Man City, Liverpool's upcoming opponents, and trying to figure out how many points that City. City side are going to get between now and Christmas to see if Liverpool may or may not be in a title hunt by the time the festive period is over. Uh, we're here to talk about some of the rivals, I suppose, uh, and the fixtures over the next sort of month. We've fresh off the back of, of the originals podcast where we looked at Liverpool's fixtures for the next sort of 11 games. We're going to put that into a bit of context with everybody else's, I suppose. Now, if we go through Liverpool's again, on the 25th of November, Man City play Liverpool. Uh, then we've got Lask. Then we've got Fulham, Sheffield United, Palace, Union Saint-Gerois, Man United, West Ham in the Carabao, Arsenal and then Burnley before Newcastle on the 1st of January. Um, should we go through cities first? Yes. You reckon? You can go to my screen here, mate. It's, um, it's not a problem whatsoever. Um in fact, I might just change it on you dead quick uh, so you can see everybody's all at once. I mean, I've done it now. Um, <laughs> you, may, you missed that. You may as well have just stayed with it. Um, City obviously play us. Then they've got Leipzig in a game that probably doesn't really matter too mm. much, I don't think. Spurs, Villa away, Luton away, uh, Red Star away. That's definitely not going to matter. Palace at home, uh, a Club World Cup 
possible is it still two games in the Club World Cup they're going to get through the semi and then yeah, they get the final yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brentford's been postponed look at that I even did a strike through on my Excel sheet uh, Everton versus City and then City versus Sheffield United mm. now on the face of things it's not a terribly tough fixtureless for Man City the first three are hard though Chloe yeah obviously Spurs Aston Villa who was the one after that Luton away um, <laughs> difficult uh, yeah. difficult place to go kind yeah, of I'm, I'm not having it not every team can win there <laughs> um, Spurs and Aston Villa I'll give them a go but the, the thing is, is I say Spurs but Spurs have got about seven injuries and really we could have done without still that less happening. games than they've got over the next six weeks yeah, yeah. they've only got eight games mm-hmm. well um, but they're, they're missing some big players Mickey van der Ven is massive for them by the way um, so that one isn't actually as tough as we all thought it probably would be Aston Villa is the very very tough one uh, is that away from whom? yeah that yeah Villa Park I, I, I'd, I'd bet on uh, Villa coming out with something there they're unbelievable at home under Unai Emery uh, fantastic manager um, so yeah that is the, the real tough one but for some reason in my head maybe a couple of weeks ago I, I said oh they've got like some really tough games don't they but theirs compared to, to our leads up to Christmas looks like a walk in the park They've had them tough games, haven't they? I think Chelsea, it's the Chelsea one, Boston. yeah. They played the Manchester Derby recently, albeit not particularly tough, yeah, as it turned okay. out. But on paper, it looked like a little difficult run. They've come through that. Not unscathed, because obviously dropped points to Chelsea. But for me, it's really interesting. And it makes this game at the weekend all the more important, because let's just say we can win or even draw this game. All of a sudden, they're next to... Uh, granted, I'll take your point on Spurs. It's absolutely the right one. They're next to a Spurs and Aston Villa. The chance they drop more points there. Whereas us, we've got... I don't, I'm, I'm reluctant to call it a buffer, especially given our Achilles heel have been these type of fixtures in yeah. recent times. But the Sheffield United, the Fulham and the Crystal Palace games aren't the, new, the Newcastle United and Arsenal game thereafter, are they? So if we do take something off City in the weekend, there's a chance they drop points thereafter and we could feasibly win those three games of football. So well, And all of a sudden it's a different picture then. Well, that's it, because we obviously play City the 25th of November we play Fulham on the 3rd after Lask at home they've got RB Leipzig at home then they've got Spurs at City when we play Fulham at home and then Sheffield United host us Villa host City and then on the 9th for us Palace v Liverpool on the 10th for them Luton v Manchester City so that's midweek away of Villa as well yeah. yeah, it is. That's even we're, more interesting. We're, we're, we're playing the Wednesday. Do they play on the Wednesday? It's both. We both play on the sixth. I didn't put days in. Okay, yeah, it's the Wednesday. <laughs> but that, that being a midweek adds something else for me because you're right. Villa Park has become a bit of a fortress again. Their record there is absolutely outstanding. Adding the fact it's midweek, the atmosphere would be better under lights, all that type of stuff, and they're welcoming, you know, the the and wronged it's, it's champions December. of the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's December. That's a big one. Everyone gets more excited around Christmas time. And then I think for us. <laughs> 14th of, 14th of December, we're going to go away to USG. We should hopefully have the group wrapped up by then and it should be a dead rubber before we play Manchester United. They'll have the group wrapped up if they've not already. I mean, they're pretty much guaranteed to go through already, Man City, aren't they? Yep. They'll probably have it wrapped up against Leipzig on the 28th of November. They'll definitely have it, I think, wrapped up by the 13th of December and Red Star. They're, we're coming back to United, but at least it's at home. Um, and they're coming back to Palace. Now, the interesting thing here is, We've got 11 games. They've got 10 in the books, potentially 11 with yep. a final of the Club World Cup. Obviously, the Premier League fixture's getting booted down the ways. Um, now, our game is 
we've got Arsenal on the twenty third. That's when the postponed game comes in. We play on the twentieth and the twenty third. Mm-hmm. They play on the nineteenth and not again until the twenty seventh. Obviously, because they've got to travel. Yeah. To wherever the Club World Cup is nowadays. Um, is it in Saudi? Is it in Saudi Arabia? I I, I forgive me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's in Saudi on top of my head. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. I, I see that as an opportunity as opposed You'd to a negative. You've got the points in the bank. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Especially with all the home fixtures we've got around that time. We, we were talking about Liverpool at home earlier on, and I see that as a massive opportunity for us. And you can't also envisage, and you might well do, that Manchester City will be as dominant a force as we were when we came back from the Club World Cup it can take something out of you you know what I mean that type of travel that type of intense game that sort of stuff and we happen to come back and play Leicester and absolutely obliterate them but there's not a given that Man City would be able to do that either so I see them being in the Club World Cup as a real positive for them. if we are in touching distance by the time this comes around or even a point ahead of them whatever having two games unanswered from their perspective would be massive for us it could be I suppose thinking further forwards as well Chloe like Look, I, I think Liverpool are going to go very far in the Europa League. But I don't think it's going to take as much out of us to get to the final of the Europa League as it could take out of Manchester City to get to the Champions League final, which is obviously at the back end of the season. Yeah, we've spoken about this quite a bit. It feels like you can still make rotations in, in the Europa League. Um, and even then, like from the fact that we've been able to rotate so much in the group stage kind of saves you um, mm. for the later mm. stages where in the Champions League, it feels like every game you've got to put out your starting eleven or very close to your start. 11 the caliber of teams in the Champions League is a lot bigger than the caliber of teams in the Europa League and them actually going deep in that Champions League might actually benefit Liverpool in a way Um, and like you mentioned like us going far in the Europa League might actually benefit us in in terms of playing that many games week in and week out just because we we're used to it Um, but you've got to also maintain and and try and not get any injuries keep everyone fit which uh, City somehow have have done miraculously the past several seasons Um, but yeah it is is a different force Champions League they're going to come up against better teams higher rated opponents which hopefully can can land a couple of blows on them and and make sure that they have to put out strong teams week in week out it's not just that as well it's the fact that you want them (coughs) to be tested week in week out in those games if they just cruise through games it's over by the 60th 70th minute they can start taking lads off then it kind of loses all negative impact it might have but if they do get into the knockout phase of Champions League which they obviously will do and they are tested once or twice and a couple of teams do land a blow all of a sudden they need to go to the well that little bit extra in a game and that might have a knock-on effect for what happens at the weekend and so on and so forth but for Liverpool's perspective I think it's massively important that we carry on through the Cups because winning breeds winning for a start you mentioned the word momentum absolutely pivotal in all this but what it does as well is it allows us to keep some of the fringe lads sharp which mm. could be our X factor later on down the line because if you've got likes of Harvey Elliott Curtis Jones or even a couple of the lads who aren't necessarily always part of the front three if they're really sharp and they're in form and they're scoring goals who knows what type of impact they could have in a Premier League game further down the line I think that's massively important whereas City for all their strengths and they're ridiculous might not have that if they do need to rely on a Calvin Phillips come March he might not play footy for, yeah. for six months by that point so I think it bodes really well is okay. there sorry is there a game in hand Brentford yeah at be, home yeah. or away 
at home. See, Brentford, like later on in the season, because that's obviously going to be postponed. Later on in the season, Brentford at home, they they got beat by them last season. So that mm. is not an easy fixture where you mentioned if you've got those points in the bank, there's a lot of pressure on Manchester City and we know they've dealt with the pressure. They know how to. Um, but Brentford might have something to say about it and Thomas Frank against top six opponents is actually quite good. Okay, we're going to do something I hadn't planned. We're going to assign points for all the Premier oh, League games as we go along here. Just to see where we are. Okay. Right? There's three of us. Yeah. So we should be able to get to a consensus. Yeah. I think. Liverpool versus City. Liverpool's points from that game. Can we just say one? Oh yeah, one. Three. So you win one. Yeah. Therefore Man City gets one point as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh Liverpool versus Fulham at three. home. Three. Yeah, three. Three. Man City versus Spurs. At the Etihad, three. is that? At the Etihad. Yeah, they take all three, yeah. Okay. See, I think one, but okay. I'm going to... I think Spurs' injury problems are too big. Yeah. <coughs> Sheffield United versus Liverpool. Bear in mind, this is midweek, away yeah. from home, three days after we've yeah. just three. beaten Fulham. We scrape through, but my God, is it ugly. Yeah. Yeah, three. I'll take the three points there as well. Uh, Villa, midweek. One. 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 Yeah. I think they get beat. But... Again, you two are completely in sync. Um, one. Palace versus Liverpool on the ninth. It's tough. Now we take all three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think forms well. A title-type-esque performance, one oh. of them. I think we draw that no, one. No, I, I was about to... I, oh, I'm, you're I'm the close to drawing, so. you know. I've just given us a title, but yeah, you two. <laughs> <laughs> you know when we went there and won the league in Villa, likewise, yeah, that type of game. Yeah, did you see us last season? It yeah, was the most boring in football game. I've ever seen. So you're going for one? Uh, what, what day is it? And even Saturday, day, half 12 Saturday. Half 12? Yeah, not an international break, just half 12 on a Saturday. It's definitely a one then for me. Yeah, it's one. Okay. Great. Uh, Luton host three. Manchester City. Just yeah. three. Uh, Pick a score. Okay. <laughs> Seven nil. Right. Liverpool versus United on the 17th. I say three. three. Oh, yeah, three, yeah. I lost myself. There. Man City host Palace. Three days after they've travelled to Red Star Belgrade. Funny, I've got a funny thing about Palace and Man City. The, the, do you remember Andros Townsend? Townsend volley. Oof. Yeah. Um, one. Three. None. Oh, stop it, Chris. <laughs> so we need... We'll just go down the middle. Yeah. One. Yeah. It's just not correct. <laughs> uh, Liverpool beat Arsenal. Yes, at Anfield. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with it. Liverpool beat Burnley. Yeah. Away. Big. On the 26th, after playing on the 23rd. Yeah. They've got to, everyone beats Burnley. Oh, Although they are just Chris. coming up. And we're not very good against those sides. No, no, we do, we do. It's ugly again. <laughs> Real ugly. Canate winner. Everton beat City? No. <laughs> Come on, guys. No. Is it Tell Edison Park? Yeah, FFP One. Derby. That could be massive. On yeah. the 27th. <laughs> It's three, but I'll I'll go with one if you really want to. The old sustainability good man. Um, <laughs> you can put the other one. Sorry, uh, three, they'll beat him. Three? Yeah. But then they'll get a deduction of how many points. Okay. Man City beat Sheffield United at home. Yes. yes. And Liverpool play Newcastle on the 1st of Jan. We win yeah, that. we win. Okay, let's have a little goosey gun there. I reckon, off the top of my head, I think we're top by four points. Okay. <laughs> How many games in hand? Oh, we'll have a game. One or two. How many games will they have? One or two. We'll have a game. They'd have a game in hand, wouldn't they, by then? Just I don't know. Yeah, we, we have the one game in hand there, don't we? We. It felt like you give them one more fiction. Oh, period, no, yeah. I've got rid of my formula bar here. Yeah. Right. 
This is a this is an absolute shit show. Right, we gain. Oh my god, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty points. One, four, five, eight, nine, plus six. They gain fifteen points. Oh, Ooh, so four why ahead. have we done this? Twenty and fifteen. I think that is. So we go four points ahead, but they've got a game in hand on us. I mean, yeah, that's beautiful. Take, that's take, that. me, take me due there, yeah. though, by the way. Cheers to Chris, Chloe, and to Dan for that one. Moving on, it's Jano Inside Time with Neil Jones. This week it was Dan Club filling in for me as the host. And yes, the two guys chatted about Gonzalo Inacio linked with a move to Liverpool earlier in the week. The sporting defender, one of the hottest names on the defensive market. So, yeah, Dan and Neil had a big old chat about that. Gonzalo Inacio. Um, still, his name continues to be linked with a move to Anfield. The latest report comes from Team Talk, who said Liverpool are the favourites to sign Gonzalo Inacio amongst interest from in Real Madrid and Manchester United. Again, 22-year-old, his release clause is around the 52.5 million mark, which obviously was increased in the summer when he signed a new contract. Um, I guess the way to start here is, uh, I guess you could talk about Liverpool's interest and whether it was genuine in the summer or not, whether you heard anything on that, but also, has the need, stroke desire for this type of player diminished at all? So We've seen the resurgence if it needed to happen of Virgil van Dijk. He's back to his best. There's no two ways about that. So that slot, that space in the side is kind of done now if it wasn't already. And also, I guess when Robertson's fit, the need for a left-back to do it as well has kind of gone a little bit because he was so good to start the season. Yeah, and you've got obviously the emergence of Jarrell Kwanzaa as well as a... potentially a first-team player and it still is potentially, you know, he's doing really well but he's got steps to make, clearly. I think Liverpool still need centre-back maybe plural um, going forward you know you've got obviously Joe Matip mm-hmm. coming to the end of his contract coming to the end of his top level shelf life I would say yeah. I think you've still got some questions over Canate oh, I think Canate's an excellent player and potentially a real top European defender but you've got to keep him fit and he's got to I think he's got to improve actually on, on what he's shown in the first part of this season in, in my opinion you know I don't think it's I don't think it's a, been a terrible start but I think it's not one that's convinced anyone that you've said, well, there you go, Canate's in the team. I think the fact that if you said to me now, what's the team for Saturday? I'd be well, Matip Canate, I'd be on the, well, on Matip, the fence. Matip's team a little bit yeah, too, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Matip's had some good, really good games this season. You know, you, you would have hoped by now that Canate would have been you know, almost, almost, you know, inked in alongside Van Dijk. I think Liverpool do need still need to buy a centre back. It might be that case that they do it before the event, so they do it in January. You know, a la Diaz Gakpo sort of type of signing, which lends itself to if you've got a release clause, it makes it a lot easier. Ignacio, mm. um, he's a left-sided centre back. He's a left. You know, he can play left back. He's a centre back, really, isn't he? I think you know he's gonna he's gonna end up playing at centre back. That does bring with it a problem, obviously, if you spend fifty million on a player who plays in the same position as as Virgil. Um, not that it's impossible to play a left footer at right side of centre back or or move it. I don't I don't expect Liverpool would do that necessarily. Um, but he's definitely a player that at twenty two playing in in a, in a team like Sporting. Um, playing for Portugal you know I think he'll be part of their squad for the Euros I think he might even be part of their team for the Euros he's clearly got a move in him 
soon you would expect mm-hmm. they've got another centre back I think Diamande is he who plays alongside him who's yeah. also been linked with I think Chelsea have been linked with, with him so yeah there's a few few players there in, in, at Sport and as there always seems to be Sport and Benfica Porto mm-hmm. that are you know in line for a move I think the question will be how how highly do Liverpool rate him in particular I think there's no question they need a centre back is, is he the one mm. Um I don't think they were ever close to signing him in the summer. No. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think they were close to signing any centre back in the summer at, at, at that time. Mm. Um, whether that's changed for January, at the moment I'd be surprised. But you know, if an opportunity emerges, as it did with with Luis Diaz, as it did with Cody Gakpo, yeah, then potentially. Yeah, interesting. Okay, um, I want to touch on the contract as well because they've been talking about. I actually put this in the agenda prior to a report coming out. I was going to ask you about Trent and Mo because they've been sort of linked or rumoured to be in line for new deals in the not too distant future, albeit the most other conversation is a bit more complicated. Um, mm-hmm. But since that, there's been a report from Football Transfers about Virgil van Dijk and Jurgen Klopp potentially being in line. Or Liverpool have a plan to give those two new deals. I think we'd all like to see it, wouldn't we, the minimum? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Van Dijk got what another year after this. He's twenty five. Yeah, twenty yeah. twenty twenty five. I think the he's had in terms of form, and you know, I remember speaking to someone around Liverpool about Van Dijk. I started last season and sort of said, you know, do you start having to think about Van Dijk's um, you know, succession plan if you like, you know, with them with them maybe getting into his thirties and so well. He's still, even the fact that he's dominant in the air, so dominant in the air, and he's always, you know, he's a good passer to the ball. That gives him the, the ability to play. You know, okay, he might might struggle playing, you know, three games a week or or, or those kind of things. But Van Dijk's sort of a, a defender that can go into his sort of mid to late thirties, a bit Thiago Silva, if you, if you like, you know, because of the 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 attributes that he's got. So I think Liverpool would. I don't think it's a case of the pool of, oh, he's 33, that's, you know, that's too much for a contract. I think the question would be sort of how many years did he give? You know, they've, they've obviously been burnt a little bit with someone like Jordan Henderson, probably got a contract that was too big for, or too, too long for, for his worth. Um, I think Van Dijk's a little bit different, I think, with the, the position he plays, the, the, the type of player that he is, the fact that he's a club captain. I think there's no question that Liverpool would extend that deal one or two years mm-hmm. um, Klopp um, I haven't I haven't heard anything around a, a sort of an extension for Klopp and I think that, I think the bottom thing the bottom line to say is what does he want yeah. I think that that would be the that would be the, the decision that will be made with Klopp does he want to do it and if he does then Liverpool will be mad not to extend the contract really and mm-hmm. that was the case with um, the one in 2022 wasn't it where he, you know I think Liverpool got wind that he's quite enjoying life and said, do you fancy it? You know, yeah. he does feel a little bit, doesn't he, that he's, I don't say he's got a second wind, but he's definitely, he's definitely loving life at the he moment, isn't he? Isn't he? He spoke about it himself in the book. Yeah, and, 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 you know, especially the way it's gone in the first part of this season and if it was to continue, you know, Liverpool might not win anything this season, but they're going in the right direction even if they don't aren't they you know, you're still looking at them thinking oh they're not far away and you know if they get one or two pieces into place they could be so yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't be amazed if someone was starting to probe and, and, and ask questions and say yeah. what do you think you know how, you, how are you loving it yeah, yeah, yeah exactly in, yeah. in Germany have just got a new new coach so that's sort of been taken away from from the, the, the short term at least um, 
I think that'll be a lovely, um, a lovely boost. And I know you mentioned Salah and, and Trent. They're, they're two others, aren't they? I think that you know we've got Trent. Obviously, one year left after this one as well. I think that needs so on. I don't expect that to be a problem. Yeah. Salah's a really interesting one, of course, isn't he? You know, with with everything that's going on, I don't think we'll be seeing him leave in January. Um, the question is going to be asked about Saudi in 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 the summer, mm-hmm. of course. Um, it was floated to me by on another show that well, surely there's a, a sort of a, a deal that suits everyone of a little extension, but it was a very hard deal to do the first one. It's it's a deal that's good enough to be in the Harvard Business School um, because of the the length and the, the breadth of the negotiations. So yeah, I think buckle yourselves in if Liverpool are going to try and renew that one. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, Christmas is coming now, Liverpool football club. Be fun to give well, us yeah, a, a gift or two. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, all, I remember, I always remember, that didn't Klopp sign a contract extension? Was it around the time there was a general election? And the, I'm sure Liverpool put it out the day after the Klopp stay and it was almost like, <laughs> there you go. There you go. If there is a time, I think December might be the time. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cheers to Dan and cheers to Neil for that one. We're sticking on the transfer theme with expert insights. This is Dan's regular show, and of course, he hosts it once again. He was joined by Andre Salgado because Liverpool have been linked with another player. Lucas Baraldo has been linked with a move to the Reds this January as well. So Dan asked Andre all about Baraldo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Redmen TV and your latest transfer insight. My name is Dan Club. I will be your host for this one as ever. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Liverpool and Sao Paulo fan Andre Salgado for this one. Andre, how are you doing, mate? You okay? I'm doing okay. First of all, I want to say that I am delightful with the invite and the pleasure here is all mine. 
Oh, no, it's our pleasure. Don't be like that. It's absolutely our pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. It really is much appreciated. Um, I mentioned Liverpool and the Sao Paulo fan, quite clearly a Liverpool fan from what we can see. Um, But the Sao Paulo element is interesting in all of this because Liverpool have been linked with quite a lot of Brazilian lads actually recently, but one in particular plays for Sao Paulo, um, Lucas Baraldo. There's been quite a lot of links um, in the past couple of weeks, especially, but they go back a little bit further than that. A couple of months ago, it all started. I mean, the first place to start, really, Andre, is have you been surprised by Liverpool being linked? Obviously, you watch a lot of Liverpool, you watch a lot of Sao Paulo. He's still very young, of course. We'll talk about him as a player. But has it shocked you, the fact that Liverpool might be looking at this kid? Yeah, I saw a a tweet uh, at August mm-hmm. talking about that Klopp and his um, and his coaching staff uh, is nubbed Beraldo at this time, but I don't know the credibility of this phone. Was just a post on Twitter, uh, but now talking about the recent links, I am not surprised at at, uh, at all, because um, me and my friends since his since Beraldo's debut in São Paulo senior team. We were pre- prepared to to see him leaving at the end of the season. That is December for us. Yeah. So it's sad. It, it's happy at the same time. Sad for São Paulo, happy for Liverpool, and I hope this comes through. Yeah, absolutely. It must be a really interesting one for you because obviously the the worlds of Sao Paulo and Liverpool don't cross that often, really. But obviously in this instance, they might well be. Um, I mentioned a moment you're obviously 19 years old. I did a little bit of research into him. You can tell us more, obviously. Um, he made 10 appearances for the under-20 team. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, for Sao Paulo, he's made 48 appearances for the senior side thereafter. I mean, 48 appearances being so young, that's a lot, really. Um, has he always looked ready since he come into the team? Has it always been a case of, yeah, he looks first team, like, good to go? Yeah, he since his uh, first match for the, the senior team, he looks ready and he looked like a top defender for Brazil at own level since his first match. And another case of a centre-back from Cochia, that is Sao Paulo Youth Development, uh, it's Belém that debuted, like, I don't know if it was one month after Beraldo. And like every young player, Belém was not constant, but Beraldo was constant, like, the first minute he he's played, and to the to the last game like last week yeah absolutely yeah and he's obviously he's got brazil under 20 caps as well and stuff like that he hasn't made any sort of impact on the senior team at national level yet but from what sort of is spoken about with him and sort of the the vibe you're getting down there in brazil is sort of a, a senior call up possible do you think in the future maybe not for a couple of years but is that sort of the pathway he looks to be on has he been impressive in the under 20 stuff as well yeah to be fair i didn't watch a lot of games him at the brazilian under 20 and sao paulo didn't release him on the last two call ups one for the Sul-Americano, the, that Brazil won. And the last one, if I'm not wrong, was in the under-20s World Cup that Uruguay, Uruguay won. 
and São Paulo didn't release him because of his level, because he was a central part of the, the center team. And you can see that when the team plays without him, uh, our defense is like lost. Don't know what to do with the ball. Uh, only long kicks for the end prey for the attackers to do something with the ball. So, and we won a, a title that we never we never won on our history. That is the Copa do Brasil. It's like the FA Cup, same thing. Mm -hmm. We didn't have it until this year. And Beraldo was part a uh, fundamental part of this of this title. Well, that's pretty impressive in itself, like I say, given his age. And if Sao Paulo are already sort of saying to the Brazilian under-20 team, no, we don't want him to go, we need him to stay around, like I say, that that says a lot about just how important he is, just how crucial he is to the manager's plans there. So, yeah, that's a good sort of tick in the box, I guess, from a Liverpool perspective. And um, you mentioned there, you don't know what to do with a ball when he's not playing. Um, that ties in nicely to sort of what type of player he is as well. And I did a little bit of looking into this um, before I spoke to and the scene he was described as the Joker, which I'd like you to touch upon as well. I think that was to do with him always laughing and smiling before the game starts. But it did describe him as a ball-playing centre-back. Obviously, we know he's left-footed, which is sort of where Liverpool wants to be looking. But a couple of other notes I noticed. People mentioned he's got good composure in possession and an impressive range of passing for a centre-back. Is that something you've seen as well? Yeah. Uh, talking First, talking about the Joker thing, is that he always laughs, laughs on the the national anthem, and he said that is a an exercise of his psychologist, to, uh, which make him entering the field like less nervous and without any any kind of anxiety. Mm -hmm. So he leaves everything everything uh, there on the left on the smile. And when he enters in the, the field, he enters like uh, serious and calm. Uh, one thing about his, like for Liverpool fans to know this game, we had a perfect description. That is the that Virgil song, he'll pass the ball calm as you like. So yeah, that is the perfect definition of Beraldo's game. And... Uh, I don't know if I'm saying this because I'm a São Paulo fan or because he I like I see him being a world class talent for um ten years on. Interesting, yeah, okay. I mean, we mentioned really a couple of his strengths there, I guess, in terms of the way he plays. And one thing I did notice, which I was quite intrigued by, and maybe you can sort of tell us why this has been the case, because Liverpool have been looking for, or at least, you know, we as fans think we're looking for a left-footed centre-back who can also play left-back because the way the system works now with Trent moving, obviously we kind of think that Andy Robertson's brilliant and has been brilliant and Costa Simicas is fine and, you know, will continue to be fine. But I think we all expect us to sign a left-footed centre-back who can also play left-back. But Beraldo has never done that for Sao Paulo. Is that just because... Is your left back really good and he doesn't need to? Is he just brilliant at centre back? And I suppose, do you think he has the ability to sort of operate as a kind of left back as well? I don't know. Uh, of course, it's, it's not because of left back, it's a top player, like the opposite, total opposite of that. 
I think it's because we we here in São Paulo we don't have any any good uh, op options for for the center back. So we need him there. We have like two uh, two uh, very good center backs. That is him, Beraldo and Arboleda. That play that plays for Ecuador. And but Beraldo Beraldo played like a left back and a right back on the on the São Paulo under twenty team. Is not his top, but he can he can do it very well. Cheers to Dan and cheers to Andre for that one. And as we all know, Liverpool versus Manchester City, the big game at the weekend to have a look ahead to that and a few other things as well. I was delighted to be joined on the opposition preview by Jordan from the City Extra YouTube channel to have a big old chat about Pep's Blues. You mentioned the international break and I don't know um, if Pep's been playing games or someone's out of the way but half your team decided not to go on international duty um, every single one yeah. Edison hasn't been injured for about five years and all of a sudden he's got a sore fourth Ellen Haaland doesn't go and Kovacic had enough Nathan Ake John Stones honestly we're going to see pretty much City's best team of the weekend you'd be shocked if, obviously the Bruyne is still going to be out it feels like everybody else is going to be fit from the sense I get have City played a couple of games here George is that what's going on uh, I don't know. I'm happy for it because yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not a big fan of internationals. And obviously, because they go away, all these players and get injured. You look at players like Gavi, who just got an ACL injury or whatever it was. Like, it's it's just another excuse for these players to get, um, to get out of the Premier League. But I think I think you'll see Edison, definitely. I think John Stones is probably the most unlikely out of them, like that he said. Kovacic, potentially Kovacic would be in there. Um, yeah, I think... It's good because it, it came out straight away that like they've not gone and then it's given the two weeks. So even if Pep was playing games, he can kind of get away with it because you've got two weeks and say, oh, they've recovered in that time. Um, but yeah, I, I think there is some injuries there. Like I say, I think I, I think the just Stones one is, is a definite and I think that's probably the most un unlikely one that you'll say, which is a big loss for us massively because he, he changed our defence. Like Kanji's he's good at times, but I think everyone has the same feeling there's a mistake in him. It's just not the same when John Stones in there, and that that was an issue against Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely, mate. On the Stones thing, if he doesn't play, obviously he's the one who advances into midfield. He allows you mm -hmm. guys to do the, the inverted stuff. If he doesn't play, obviously Diaz or Kanji, still got good players. But how does that, that how does the dynamic change? Does, does somebody else go and do it? Is it less effective? How if John Stones isn't, yeah. he might not be. How, how does that change City? So usually, well, Pep's been picking a Kanji recently to do it. Um, and he's been doing all right. I just thought it's hard to compare when you're competing against John Stones, who does it so well. Yeah. But sometimes you can see a Kanji do it, and he's really good. But then I think Chelsea was one of the issues where he was getting caught out of position, kind of in no man's land, didn't really know where his position was. But he was on the left side of Diaz then. Um, I thought, and I think it, I'm, I'm right in saying this, that usually when I kept, like, because when Stones inverting, he's on the right side. Don't know how much that difference that'll make, but. I, uh, yeah, he looked looked a bit lost at times, Akanji in the in the Chelsea game, and that's one thing that I'm I'm pretty concerned about. And like I say, other City fans are uh, people are now starting to question whether Varial can step into that role, but it definitely won't be for Liverpool. Um, there's no chance because Pep hasn't run it yet. And I think in an interview a couple of weeks ago, Pep said he's got a he's got a bit of a way to go till he can do that Stones role. Yeah, so you'll you'll see Akanji basically doing that exact thing. 
Yeah, no, that'll be something definitely that Liverpool seem to target. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, they'll, they'll try to get that, 100%. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. It, it, in terms of that, then obviously, we're expecting probably Erling, Erling Haaland's going to be fit. Doku's yeah. been a revelation. Obviously, on the other side, pick, pick whoever you want. You've got about five different ones. But how do you see City's attack line? I think Haaland and Doku are definite, aren't they? And then it's, it's wherever he goes. Foden, sometimes he moves Bernardo over there. How do you think City are going to line up in attack? I think it'll be Haaland, Doku, Oden. I think that's the way to run it. Um, I think he's been really good against us as well. He has good games against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. I I think he'll want Bernardo in the midfield for the energy that you've got. Um, Yeah, that's the way I see that running. The only thing is, Doku is as good as he is. Pep seems to do this thing where it's Pep roulette. So Grealish, Grealish plays well against big teams as well. So I think he, there is a chance for Grealish to step in. Um, as fans, I think most fans want Doku in there because of how exciting he's been. Um, and it's a player that can get at you. Yeah, Especially if Trent's good. coming forward as well. If, if Trent comes forward, it leaves a space in behind for Doku. I think that's something that City could exploit. No, absolutely. I mean, Van City, that, that, he's actually used Foden over there a couple of times as well to try and exploit that. So you are right. It, it is something. I actually had a conversation the other day and I was saying both Liverpool, we we seem to do the same thing. We want to go and try and attack Kyle Walker or get in behind Kyle Walker a little bit. I think Sadio Mane caused the issues. Lewis Diaz has caused the issues. Yeah. It feels like both teams' plans will be trying to win the ball back and attack down their left. Does, does that make sense to you as well? Feel like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Well, Kyle Walker, sometimes Pep runs a tactic where Foden and Bernardo are based on the same side of the midfield and they, in, they invert a little bit, leaving space for Walker to be more attacking and he basically... Walker's pushed forward as a right winger. Um, so if, they, if he does that, then yeah, there'll be loads of space in behind for us um, to get at. But I imagine that he'd be a bit more reserved against Hughes. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fascinating tactical battle. There's just so many good players all over the pitches. Yeah, that? it's great. Yeah. It's great. It, it really is. It's, it's, it's been an incredible era of, of City Liverpool for the Premier League. It's been so tight. Obviously, we've had our season where we like, kind of walk the league. You had your season where you walk the league. Other than that, it's been... Obviously, by last year, it's been City Liverpool right to the end. That's me, mate. Yeah, it's starting to feel all that bit familiar. On that, just before we look ahead, definitely a couple more things on the game. I want to ask you the season as a whole, you have been here plenty of times before, top of the league after X amount of games, you know, 12 games, whatever. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you compare this City side to the City side that you've seen before? Because, like I say, City dropping points in three out of 12 games. I mean, it's 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 still a brilliant record still top of the league, but it has raised a few eyebrows. Is there is there any differences? Is there maybe because, I mean, last season's team was just phenomenal. I just don't know how you're comparing this new City, which it is, because obviously a couple of new players in it, to those other City sides that Pep's had. I think you've got to look at major, major key losses, really. Like, uh, like Riyad Mahrez always chipped to me goals and assists. And as much as I, I do feel like it was the right time for him to go, he did kind of, towards the end of the season, he became, I think it was like third choice uh, in the wing. But I think Riyad Mahrez is a big loss because he chipped to me goals. And all this happens when, say, if Erling Haaland's not, Haaland's not firing, like this season at times, as much as he is scoring goals every game, I think everyone expects him to just do what he did last year. Um you got other players like you chip in. Gundogan is a massive loss in midfield for us. And we're trying to shoe on Kovacic in there, but Kovacic isn't that good going forward as opposed to what Gundogan had. Um, and you got Nunes as well, who hasn't really played too much for us. Obviously, there's a lot of time for them players. Um, I just think there are a few changes in there, but I do think we're playing better 
than last season at this stage, which comes out City are usually a second half of the season kind of team, which always sounds weird, but we come alive in that second half. That's why we usually will go on our 20 match unbeaten runs or whatever it is. I know exactly. And, um, I know that story, mate. Yes. <laughs> I know that story, trust me. Yeah. Very Too much familiar. Absolutely. <laughs> I had hair before Pep started. Cheers to Jordan for coming on for that one. I hope he has a miserable weekend because I hope the Reds absolutely stuff his team. But he's still a nice guy. I'd even say I wish him all the best for the rest of the season, but that would also be a complete lie because I wish nothing but misery to Manchester City Football Club. But anyway, that is just me and my impartiality. No, it's not. It's complete bias. But anyway, forget about that. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. Like I say, those shows are all available in full right now over on Red Men Plus. You can get them as videos or you can get them as podcasts. And like I say, that Black Friday deal, sign up as a yearly captain, use the code REDS, R-E-D-S, and you'll get a massive 50% off. It works out at about 35 quid for an entire year's worth of content which is absolutely a ridiculous deal probably too cheap if I'm honest with you but we'll get, with Black Friday we're getting involved we're getting involved with it all so yeah we're doing that deal for you guys so yeah do go and check out those amazing shows over on Red Men Plus if you help support us bring you the free shows just like this one and plenty of our other content and of course do come and join us for all the Man City stuff we've got this weekend as well there's already a match preview out the opposition preview that I mentioned before with Jordan we'll be live in studio for the watch along with Paul and Chris on the YouTube YouTube channel as well and then all the post-match content you can desire hopefully Liverpool finally get a win at the Etihad we'll see you all next week on Redman Weekly see you in a bit small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.